In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. Well, hello. Welcome, one and all. We appreciate you checking us out here. And if you're watching us, that's John waving his hands. I'm Drew. And if you're listening, we love you too. It's great to hear from you. John, training camp is here. It starts in earnest, Mm -hmm. meaning practices start on Friday. Guys are already here, though, going through procedural stuff, meetings, check-ins, et cetera, et cetera, setting the tone for the season. Mm -hmm. And when I saw the practice schedule, when it came Mm -hmm. out about a month or so ago, it took me back to when I started here. First training camp that I I truly went through was 2010. I started in in 09 at the end of the preseason, but first training camp in 10... Boy, it was very intense uh, as far as you go a lot of days in a row. I can't remember if it was two weeks straight of two a days, mm-hmm. maybe, but before you had a day off. And maybe I'm just like building this up to make it worse. But the guys will go Friday, they'll go Saturday, they have Sunday off this time. Mm-hmm. They'll go about three or f- they'll never go more than four days in a row. And right. I don't seem to remember any of that. I think if you'd had a break after four days back then, it would have been like, holy moly, this is wonderful. And so from a player standpoint, I think it's much more advantageous as far as getting rest, getting out of the heat. Did that stand out to you, just like seeing some of the break? A little bit. It's, you bring sketch, up a, it's, it's skewed you, that way. But you bring up an interesting point, and your timing of it is, I think, key. You talk about 2010. Well, before 2011, before the new CBA was signed, yes. that's when things changed. The 2011 CBA, you talk to coaches – I'm, I can't tell you the number of times Bill O'Brien would squawk in here about the CBA. Yeah. Well, you know, that new CBA came. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. Well, one of the things in that new CBA was the amount of time you could practice days in a row before you had to have an off day. And they really kind of set that schedule a little bit better. You can't go a certain number of days without having an off day. It really laid things out, I think, for the players. Now, the the flip side of that is with the CBA, everybody is going to be something. You know, the, the players wanted maybe a little bit more percentage of the pie, but one of the things they got in return was we're going to have, like you said, we're going to have a day off. I think it's every five days. Right. Within five days, you've got to have a day off, and then you've got to try and time things up with when the preseason games are. In the past that I can think of, we've been Saturday, 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 Thursday. When we had four. Or with three, it's Saturday, Saturday, Thursday. Right. Now, this year, it's Saturday, Friday, Thursday. Yeah. So they're staggered. And yeah, it's one day, Friday versus Saturday. But it just can throw off your whole schedule of, we play Saturday, we'd like to give them Sunday off. Or are we going to give them Sunday off? Because then we got to have a certain number of days of practice. Mm -hmm. Then we have a walkthrough. Then we play the game on Friday. There's a travel day out to L.A. and all that kind of stuff. So it's the CBA of 2011 and obviously subsequent ones signed in 2021, I think it was, or 2020 maybe. Either way, those CBAs have really changed the amount of time because when you think about having day after day after day you talk about the pre-seasons. Yeah, you talk about the preseason stuff like – uh, that, that being a factor in how you lay it out, mm-hmm. Texans like probably Miami, Jacksonville, Tampa, the Cardinals, 
and maybe a handful of Las other Las Vegas now. Yeah, Las yeah Las Vegas. They've got to factor in weather with no their sports science people. They're they're Absolutely. nutrition, strength and conditioning. You got to factor that in as far as you could break a team mm-hmm. physically now, and you wouldn't see it now. You wouldn't see it in September. You wouldn't see it in October. But little stuff in November, December, January crops up because of perhaps some stuff that went down in August in July. And I remember, oh gosh, I can't I can't remember the year, but there was one year in which. It was in the last three or four years, but I remember being outside a decent amount. But then when you looked at our schedule, we played indoor games. Yeah, you never were outside. We were at home or we played indoor games. So it might have been 19 because we were playing Indy early in 19. I remember uh-huh. we played the Saints to start the year. Yep. We had um, a bunch of games at home. Los Angeles. We had Los Angeles. So you knew you weren't going to get... Los Angeles was your hottest one. It was in right. the 80s. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was warm. But it was it a little bit, but awful. I remember being outside and I kept thinking, look, we don't have to acclimate ourselves to the heat yeah. because we're playing a lot of games inside. We're playing in LA. We're playing in yep. good temperature climates. This year, it's... You know, we played Denver and Chicago week two and three. Won't be bad. It, I don't think it'll be bad, but you play Jacksonville week six. Six. It's in October. Early October in Jacksonville is hit or miss. The edge, though, even if it's a miss, the edge is still off. It's not Jacksonville October at, at its worst can't be Jacksonville in early September. No, no. Oh, oh man. I'm it can it can be uncomfortable. I'm not I'm not gonna quit. No, no, no. I'm talking no no no. Any any time, like you said, early September in those places you mentioned. Yeah. And Jacksonville is very, very similar to Houston. Now you do oh, yeah. get a little bit more of the the ocean breeze, depending on where you are in certain parts of Jacksonville. So it does cool off, kind of like it does down in Galveston. But early September, it's rough. I mean, we'd start a game at 7, and the sun would just be going down. Yeah. Brutal. I mean, brutal. So from that perspective, having the ability to acclimate to the heat, but that was one of the things that I thought was great about the Greenbrier. Yeah, it was a long ways away. We were away from family. I love the Greenbrier. I thought 2018... <laughs> For two weeks was perfect. It was like adult summer camp. For it was us. awesome. Yeah, I mean, we ate out every night. We were all together. It was yep. it was really cool. But you'd get to the end of practice, and our routine at the end of practice has been routine for the last how many ever years, and that is practice is over, listen to press conferences, but we all get an interview. Yep. Every single interview we did at the Greenbrier, every single guy said the same exact thing to me, and I know Fresh. he said it to you, and everybody. I don't feel like I'm dying. Right. You get right. to the end of practice here, and guys are drenched mm-hmm. in sweat, but then they throw water on themselves to stay cool, and it is a grind. And then all of a sudden, they've got to do an interview with us, and they want to get in the ice bath. They hey, want to get come, inside. Come tell me about uh, whether you prefer pizza or hamburgers. <laughs> they got to do uh, my stupid deer, Drew, Drew's dozen. Uh, okay, enough weather talk. Yeah. We've dorked out about that. That's okay. Got a high-pressure system moving into the Houston area. It's going to keep things very warm and very dry. <laughs> Sorry, I used to be a sports anchor in a past life, and yeah. um, I was always out there for my sports tees before, or while the weather guy was doing his thing. So I, I absorbed a little bit in my four years. Do you ever close. break into sports guy with your kids? All the time, and I actually driving around town. If it gets quiet in the car and the kids are in the car, I break into a play-by-play, but in nineteen twenties yeah, reporter yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. play-by-play guy. So it's. I have a son named Robert, mm-hmm. and I have a son named Oliver, and I nicknamed them Rapid Robert, yeah. like Bob Feller, mm-hmm. and then Little Poison. <laughs> well, I can't remember which Wayner brother it was, but there was a Big Poison and Little, bro- little yeah. Poison. 
And so I'll just say stuff like, so Rapid Robert Doherty on the Hill today, 23-7 and seven in 2022 with a 1.94 ERA and 383 strikeouts. That tied Nolan Ryan. From, you know, I just kind of go through stuff like that. Yeah. And here's a little poison. He got in a lot of, a lot of trouble. You know, I just kind of go through that, and then yeah. they just sort of shake their head. and They're sort of used to it At first, they like it, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, Dad. It started when they were when it was just the twins, when it was just Robert yeah. and Marie. And um, I just think it's part, it, they don't realize that that's a weirdo thing for me to do. Anyways, we're sharing a lot here. So how much do they want to come to training camp? They've not said too much about training camp because they went last year and mm-hmm. they had fun. And I think they'll be back. Um, but they love coming to the stadium. They for the ask, games. Yeah. And yeah. for, like, can we come see your, your office? Can oh, we come I see you. your work? And so uh, they just love coming up here. They they love the Texans, and yeah, you know, they're close to it and in it, and they're uh, they're huge, super super huge fans. Marie's the sweetest of them all because she she says we're going to win every game and win every Super Bowl, and she's she's a sweetheart. So yeah, I mean, hopefully she's right. I would love it if she was right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of training camp, and speaking of stars from training camp, it's important to keep our mind on the long picture because you see guys that flash in camp but it's almost like you got to remember it's sort of like spring training with baseball yep sometimes your multi-year Cy Young award winner will go out in spring training and get lit up and it's not because he's screwed around and smoked cigarettes all off season and he's just (laughs) out there it's maybe because well I'm going to try out this new circle change that I've never thrown before in my life and I'm going to overthrow it just to see what I can do with batters. Or I'm going to try out this new slider that I haven't thrown before. So, And he gets lit up because he's perfecting it. But then, right. once it's late April, he's incorporated that into his right. arsenal and things are going well. So in the same vein, sometimes a running back might have a good day because, you know, the defense is trying some different things out and he was able to exploit some, some guys who are just learning a system and vice versa on the other side of the ball. It's important to... To keep that in mind when you see guys who are doing really, really well, or when you read about guys who, oh, this this guy didn't look very good, da 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 da. For example, last year Davis Mills had a day where he threw, I think, oh. four picks. Yeah. It was really, really rocky. It did not look good. And he got the business on social media uh, and so on and so forth. And he was all but written off. But we saw things were a little bit different I, once the season came. I couldn't agree with you more on that one in particular because I think what ends up happening in that vein, and and I'm guilty of writing a lot about what I see and some guys that are exciting, and you like to write about some of those guys early on. Yours now, is more clinical, though. It's like, I saw a good burst here, dot, dot, right. dot, dot, dot. It, you're not... when you, You're kind of celebrating what the guy did, but you're also saying, keep in mind... Yeah, and I try to know. do that. I think Davis was exhibit A of what you're talking about because... There were a lot of people that questioned Davis in and of himself. Sure. The fact that he's a third-round pick and he was the first pick of the Nick Serio era. Yeah, yeah there, uh, there was some trepidation. But on that day, Davis had never been with the ones. There were a lot of factors that weren't being considered. He had never been with the ones. He, I, don't, I think Brandon Cooks had a veteran rest day that day. So he was out. The defense kind of knew what the offense was trying Absolutely. to do. There so. were a lot of things working against Davis. Yeah. The danger in that is for a lot of people that one day confirmed all the narratives they had and they couldn't rewrite the narrative at all. They just couldn't rewire their brain. And so it happened during during training camp. Mm-hmm. There were media members that weren't 
were there and maybe saw that particular day. But then two weeks down the road, you had seen some significant improvement with Davis, but yet it was still about that day that he struggled in the red zone or he struggled to throw interceptions because I'm not talking three days later. They did two-minute drill, and I think he did it with the ones too. And he went right up and down the field and was brilliant looking, but yet it still became, oh, yeah, but there was that day through all those interceptions, so that tells you what kind of quarterback he is. That's where you really, I think – when it comes to training camp in particular, you get stuck on those narratives. And it, the flip side works, too. We all love Jalen Petrie. And I think Jalen Petrie is going to have one heck of a career. Mm-hmm. But we've been talking about Jalen Petrie for a while because he looked really good in OTAs and minicamp. Yeah. We're probably going to give, and I say we, I'm talking a collective we, city of Houston, Texans fans, we'll give him a pass. Things don't look so great in the preseason because, well, he'll be fine. He'll be He's rookie. We'd like him. The narrative was different for a guy like Jalen Petrie. There's very different. And so we give him a little bit more latitude. For Davis, the narrative was, nah, we don't think he's going to work. Uh, even the people that were supportive of him was, you know, we got to see him grow and do that. Yeah. But you couldn't change. the People couldn't change the narrative. And they still can't. Even a full season of work for Davis, most of the full season of work, they still can't look at him objectively. Still in the infancy. There's still people that'll go back career. to that day yeah. when he was in training camp and they'll, oh yeah, but remember that day? Yeah, I do remember that day. It was his third day in the NFL. Yeah. I think the bottom line is this. Don't panic. It's never as awful as you think it is. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, probably not as great as it looks sometimes. So still that is it goes with watching film. It's the same thing. You yep. go and you watch the film. I mean, I can't tell you how many times Drew I've gone in. And I feel like I've played poorly. And I'm like, oh, I do not want to go in this, this film session. I'm going to get grilled. And then you watch and go, oh, well, not too bad. Yeah. And the, the same going the other way. Man, I had a great game. Couple touchdown catches, pig, did all this. And then you go, man, I actually didn't play all that well. So it's, it's always that way, the same thing. You know, there's going to be spots to learn. There are going to be opportunities to get better. And even if a guy sets the world on fire in day one, doesn't mean he's going to do it in week one, year one, or year five. You just roll it. But be prepared to change your thoughts and give a guy a chance if you've written him off and vice versa. If you think a guy's the greatest thing, be able to look through non-rose-colored glasses. I'm talking to me in some sense. And say, yeah, this guy really isn't what we thought he was. Yep. I was really excited about him, but it just... It isn't, it isn't there, but it's more so the other ones. And, and the Davis one really kind of hit because I would hear and read, and a lot of people just kept going back to that day. And I'm like, have y'all seen him the last week and a half? Yeah. He's it's been different. really good. It was one day. Yeah, yeah. you got to just yeah, go you gotta move on. Okay, gotta PSA, on. remember, if you're coming out to training camp or if you're just doing stuff outside in general here in Houston right now, put your sunscreen on yes. early before you mm-hmm. get outside. Let it absorb and get in your skin and all that stuff and, and form a nice barrier. Also, even before you pull out of your driveway or your parking lot or wherever you are, try to have consumed at least one bottle of water to get that in your system. And then, heck, do another one on the ride in because you need to be properly hydrated. Even if it's starting at 8 a.m. and getting done at 10 a.m., hydrate and cover your skin. Wear light clothing. Wear a bucket hat if you have to. Mm, Sunglasses. I'm not going to go bucket hat. I'm not going to go as far as wearing a bucket hat. That's... I can't flip flops messes up my hair, so I gotta I gotta go out there. You sunglasses, make sure you have sunglasses. Yeah, sunglasses, absolutely. Yeah, no, no doubt. 
You gotta have sunglasses, but sunscreen sunscreen's the biggest one, especially for those of of our demographic who may not. I'm translucent on a normal day. Yeah, pale at my best. But so. we grew up with. I, I grew up without sunscreen. I, don't, oh, I didn't even I know did. what sunscreen was I until had, I got in I high had, school. I had the zinc oxide stuff, the yeah, white stuff little, on my nose and right here. Yeah, that was so a little yeah, different. That made you look like a 1980s movie villain, like Billy Zabka. Mm, more like Dork Ultimate Warrior. Mm. Not as cool as Billy Zabka, okay. but nonetheless, yeah, Billy Zabka was cool. He, shout out. he is he is cool and sh yes shout out to Billy Zappa. Is he for the all time eighties movie villain since we've gone there since I took it? He's there? up there. Spader is a nice. Oh, Spader's uh, next runner one. up. Yeah. And, oh, uh, who's the, the feathered hair? Who's the guy in uh, Die Hard? Um, Mr. McLean. Yeah. Mr. John McLean. Yeah. Yeah. Who's that guy? Jeremy Irons. Was Jeremy Hans, Irons? Hans Gruber. Yeah. Yeah. Hans Gruber. Jeremy Irons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. Rest in peace. Guy. Rest in peace. All right, John. Good stuff. No yeah, wait. Man. No, it wasn't Jeremy Irons. That, he was in the fourth or third. Yeah, that's why I, I I don't remember his name. Goodness gracious! Now, I, wait, 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 wait. Maybe we, we need to maybe contact yeah. our producer on this. Oh wait, on. that's right, we don't have a producer. Hold on, this Hans is gonna drive us crazy. Gruber, this is embarrassing because I've know. seen. I should have known this guy's name. And Alan the, Alan Rickman. Yes, the great, Alan Rickman. The great Alan Rickman. Rest in peace. Yeah, I corrected it. So, anyhow, Alan Rickman. Oh, John, you're great. You're great for listening and watching, all of you out there. Thanks so much. We uh, we can't wait to talk with you again. This is in the lab.